Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. We're going to talk with Michael Schellenberger. Michael Schellenberger uh, wrote uh, a great book on homelessness here in California, San Francisco, Why Progressives Ruin Cities. He ran for governor against Newsom in the primary. And um, he's um, was involved in uh, many progressive ca- uh, causes years ago, uh, and he realized over time just how crazy a lot of the uh, policies were towards homelessness, and also how crazy a lot of energy policies are not only here in California but in Europe as well. And uh, I saw him quoted today in a uh, a story about what. Uh, the European Union is going through because it looks like electricity prices are going to be eight times higher what they are in the U.S. Uh, later this year. And it surged uh, 25% just this week, the prices on the futures exchange. And, uh, you know, Germany has been doing the same nonsense and the European Union, the same nonsense is here, relying on unreliable solar and wind energy to the point where there's just nothing available. And they're being forced, as Gavin Newsom here has to restart uh, natural gas plants, keep the nuclear plant going. They're actually burning coal in Germany. So let's get Michael Schellenberger on to talk about all this. Michael, how are you? Hey, good. Good to be with you, John. Good to have you on again. The quote that jumped out at me, and you were talking specifically about Europe, but I imagine you're seeing the same thing in California. He says, these people are saying, let's do more unreliable energy. It's a sign of a disturbed person that keeps engaging in irrational activities that are obviously self-destructive, and we're seeing that behavior at a mass level. Uh, that's exactly the thought I had this week with all these flex alerts that are going on. And Newsom's speech yesterday about the shortages we're having. It's because they keep doing the same irrational thing every day. They have an irrational policy that can't possibly work right now. Well, yeah, that's right. I mean, you know, a great man once said that, uh, you know, madness is rare in individuals, but common in groups. And I think we're seeing that in California and in Europe. Yeah, I mean, look, you know, um, this you don't actually have to have a Ph.D. in electrical engineering to know that if you add a lot of unreliable energy to the electrical grid, you make the electrical grid less reliable. It actually works out just like you would imagine um, it, you add more reliable electricity to the grid, you make it more reliable. And so that's what we've been seeing here. It's like a religious cult, though, John. I mean, people are just, they think they're harmonizing with the natural world by by buying solar panels made by uh, incarcerated Uyghur Muslims from China, putting them on the roof, putting them in the deserts. It's a kind of, uh, you know, sun-based religion that we have here. But the problem is that they can't keep the lights on. You know, I point out on August 24th, California's Air Resources Board announced that we were going to ban all sales of gasoline-powered cars in 2035. Well, six days later, California's grid operator said, hey, don't 
charge your electric cars tonight because we're going to have we're going to risk at risk of having shortages. I mean, you can't make it up. It's uh, we're woefully unprepared to move to electric cars. We can't even keep the grid running. Right. And and I, I, there doesn't seem to be a coherent plan for upgrading the grid to handle millions and millions of electric cars plugged in in the future. I mean, I've been looking all over the Internet, every publication I can find, and there's just not a whole lot going on towards building for the future. We only have 7,000 fast charging stations in the whole state, and, and they need over well, a million. Right. Well, yeah, I mean, you, I mean, we might need more than that. I mean, you know, look, there's, there's 29, 29.5 cars and light trucks in California, 29 million uh, cars and light trucks in California. So, you know, we've, we're having these troubles uh, with just about a half million to a million uh, electric vehicles, fuel cell vehicles. You know, how are we going to ramp this up? There is no plan. I mean, that's what's sort of striking by it is that these guys, they, they're not interested you know, if you point it out, they just say, you know, shut up, climate denier. <laughs> you know, they don't really want to hear it at all. You can tell you're on a religious crusade because it, this is uh, really an act of faith, it, this it, commitment to renewables. It, do, it does seem like some form of madness because, you know, if, if the wind and solar produced enough energy, if they had a way to store the wind and solar energy, if they had the electrical grid built up, if they had the charging stations built up, then, you know, we, you could talk rationally about it, but they don't have any of that happening. And yet they're, they're passing mandates and making proclamations. And you just sit there and stare. It's like, have I, did I have a stroke? I don't understand any of this. Well, I mean, it, the, you know, the list of things going wrong just goes on and on. I mean, I'll give you another one. Just today, the California independent system operator, the grid operator, announced it was going to keep operating a 40-year-old power plant in Oakland that burns jet fuel for fuel. It's the, one of the dirtiest plants in California. It's called a peaker plant because they try to only run it when they really have to. But they announced in 2019, to great fanfare, of course, that they were going to replace it with batteries. Well, sure enough, they announced, say, oh, actually, we're not going to replace it at all. we got to keep it online, otherwise we're going to have electricity shortages. It, it runs on um, jet fuel? It runs on jet fuel. I mean, this is uh, – I mean, th there's some very dirty power plants in California. There's ones that – you know, they've been shut – and, of course, this is in the context of shutting down ones that run on natural gas, which next to nuclear are the best kind. So they're running plants that run on diesel. They're running plants that run on jet fuel. Uh, this is uh, considered an environmental injustice because it's in a poor, you know, working class, uh, mostly black and brown neighborhood of Oakland. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, this is um, these guys, uh, they're they're really. Yeah, it is a kind of collective madness. It's kind of a religious crusade. That's the way to understand it. They're not they're not putting their best engineers in charge. Well, I heard Newsom's speech yesterday. We, we ran it for about 15 minutes and he started talking about the earth being angry. Uh, Mother Nature being angry, and it just reminded me of the ancient beliefs in angry gods, you know, that are hurling lightning yeah. bolts at us, and we have to sacrifice someone to appease them and calm them. And he's talking that we made nature angry, and they're coming; it's coming back at us with this heat wave. Well, yeah, I mean, it, it's 
Boy, I mean, I tell you, you know, they just had a study that came out that found that if they expand wind turbines in the United States to the amount they want to expand them, it could kill half of all golden eagles. Well, so they're literally sacrificing bird and bat species to the gods of solar and wind. You know, when you turn this stuff into a religion, you know, rather than treating it like a science that it is, um, you end up with all sorts of bad outcomes. I mean, look, climate change is real, but it's not the end of the world. We know that you're going to get hotter. That means you need more reliable electricity so people can run the air conditioners when they need to. If you don't have cheap electricity, that's essential. People will not run their air conditioners enough and they will die. I mean, it's just that simple. People die during heat waves. You know, people die when it's too cold. How so, cl- yeah, this is it's real dangerous. How close are we really to rolling blackouts? Is it, is it a real imminent danger, like at any minute? Oh, or very is- close. Really? Very close. Yeah, I mean, the, you know, what you want, I mean, if they're managing the grid right and they don't have enough electricity, they will do rolling blackouts because if you have a full blackout, which is an uncontrolled blackout, it can be devastating. They can put the whole grid down for for weeks or months. It would be catastrophic. You have all these blowouts and, um, you know, basically a collapse of the equipment. But, no, they're very close. Otherwise, they wouldn't be asking people to turn off uh, to, to stop to not charge their cars, you know, which is actually turns out requires a lot of electricity to charge your car. So no, we're very close, and and I mean, the next that would be the next step would be rolling blackouts if do, people didn't. Do they see how, how comical that is to uh, announce that we can't buy gas-powered cars at some future date? And by the way, don't plug in your electrical car right now. I mean, do they realize that? <laughs> I that don't makes know. People- <laughs> I don't know if the I don't know if the California if the California leaders appreciate it, but certainly the, my followers on Twitter did because after I tweeted it, I think it, about ten million people ended up seeing it. After I pointed this out, <laughs> I mean, look, you know, I was just going to say. I mean, I think I will say today's a special day because you may know that uh, early this morning the the state legislature passed legislation to keep Diablo Canyon nuclear plant operating for another 10 years. It's a huge victory of ours. We're all very happy celebrating over here. I I mean, I was shocked. They had to do it. That's 8% of our energy supply, and they wanted to shut it down. Well, yeah. That would have created a total blackout. (laughs) Absolutely, it would have. I mean, they know that. I mean, and you got to remember, it was the governor himself who fought to shut it down starting as lieutenant governor in 2016. It was his big gift to the radical environmental groups. But the math, he knew that. Yeah. The math, the math doesn't work. Was the same in 2016 as it is now. You take 8% of the electric supply out of the system. You have a blackout. Well, that's right. I mean, I'm, I'm, this well, what I'm yeah, saying. I'm I mean, just baffled by this. If you're asking what they were thinking, <laughs> they weren't thinking. You know, they weren't thinking. They're making decisions based on a kind of morality. You know, they sort of think, well, solar panels they think are good, and so the more solar panels do you do, the better the world will turn out. But it actually doesn't work that way because when people still use electricity when the sun's not shining and the wind's not blowing. I mean, that's a huge problem for us is that, you know, this is something people don't understand, that when the sun is setting in the late afternoon, uh, you know, that is that is the beginning of peak electricity usage. That is when people come home. 
5 to 10 p.m. at night is peak electricity use. Well, that's the time of day when you're you're losing all your solar, so you've got to ramp up all your natural gas power plants really fast all of a sudden. It, it creates a very chaotic system. You know, the idea with renewables was always this harmony, this picture of harmonizing with the natural environment, but it's introduced chaos into how we produce electricity. That's why it makes it so expensive. You just need more machinery, more fuels, more people than you do if you, say, have a grid that's mostly just nuclear plants and hydroelectric dams. All right, hang on the line. Can you hang on for a few more minutes? Yeah, happy to, John. Okay, because I want to talk about the Europe situation, too. That's where I, I saw you first today uh, was your quote on that story. John and Ken Show, KFI, Michael Schellenberg's our guest on uh, the uh, energy crisis we're having in California. And we're in a flex alert again today. And we're talking to... With Michael, because you, you were quoted today in one piece in Fox Business uh, about the insanity that, that Europe is undertaking because they keep going for more solar, more wind, and yet they've got a massive energy shortage. It looks like electricity prices might hit eight times what they are in the United States. Uh, they've got the natural gas problems with Russia. What, what, what's going on? What? What decisions did they make leading up to this moment where now you've got a huge crisis and chaos? Well, a big, big one of them was not to do more nuclear. I mean, you have to remember that, you know, in the 1950s and 60s, we did a lot of nuclear in the United States in part because we knew we needed to help Europe have a reliable source of energy other than coal, mostly for economic reasons. But we also knew back then that nuclear didn't produce any air pollution, so it was a much better alternative than coal for that reason. So, you know, the rest of you, we expected to take Europe from, you know, what it is now, whatever it is, about 30% of its electricity to something closer to 80% of its electricity from nuclear. Instead, there was a big backlash against nuclear. It, they decided they wanted to do a lot of renewables, which, as we've been discussing, require backup power, usually from natural gas, because you have to be able to ramp it up and down very quickly, depending on when the sun stops shining, the wind stops blowing. And so they became incredibly addicted to Russian natural gas. Well, as soon as the war started, Russia started cutting off Europe's natural gas supply. I have read that they had for a time, a, a, uh, the wind had died down in the North Sea, so the wind turbines weren't spinning around. Oh, for sure. I mean, you got to remember the first half of last year, Germany's carbon emissions increased by 25% because the amount of wind it was generating declined by 25%. Now, the number of wind turbines they had installed actually went up, but it turns out that wind is not reliable and wind varies significantly between year to year. So, yeah, I mean, you know, Germany in particular, they convinced themselves that, that Putin was somebody they could trust. They looked into his eyes. He spoke German to them, spoke to their parliament. Uh, they sort of, and there was a lot of historical guilt the Germans felt. But the, the basic, the, the punchline is just that, you know, they became dependent on Germany for its gas. You know, I'll tell you something else. Um, you know, you know, I'm a lifelong Democrat. I'm now an independent, but I, I never voted for Trump. But I, I gained a lot of respect for him because he went to Ger he went to Germany in 2018. In fact, spoke in front of the United Nations and warned Germany specifically 
that they were becoming dangerously dependent on Russian natural gas. And you got to remember, this is happening at a time that every, you know, all the mainstream news media in the United States has convinced themselves that Russia, that uh, that Trump was a Russian foreign agent. And here he was the guy that was actually warning Germany that it was becoming dangerously dependent on Putin for its energy supplies. I have read that Germany is now burning coal, and they're even burning uh, one of the dirtiest versions of coal called lignite. And, yeah, that's right. It's, I mean, they're, they're kind of in a panic well, situation. Yeah, it's it's really all worse than, than than anybody imagined. You know, they actually ended up being more dependent than people realize. Uh, but yeah, no, they've actually restarted a number of coal plants. And you are correct. They're burning this coal. It's called lignite. It's sometimes called brown coal. It's some, something really in between coal and peat. It's, it's terrible. It's very wet, and it burns really smoky, and it has very low efficiency. It's not the same as the anthracite coal that we have in the United States, which is, can be much higher qualities. So yeah, I mean the Germans the Germans themselves are now considering keeping online the last three nuclear plants that they had intended to shut down. But they, they were gonna shut down their own three nuclear plants? Yeah. I yeah. this I don't understand. Nuclear is a hundred percent clean when it comes to greenhouse gases. I mean there's zero greenhouse gases. You would think they'd be in love with nuclear reactors. Yeah, you would. I mean, here, too, I think that understanding this as a religion is helpful. You know, that nuclear became a kind of devil so that the Germans, they say that climate change is their highest priority. But actually, the highest priority was was this religion of returning to nature and in the German mentality. And I think probably in the California mentality, too. Coal is closer to nature than nuclear. Nuclear is sort of viewed as demonic, as uh, <laughs> otherworldly force. It's it has to be understood as a superstitious. I know I, I agree with you. No, we were point. talking a lot about that yesterday. Is that it seems that you know I grew up in, in as a Catholic as a little kid, and it was all about you come into this world being a sinner. And you have to repent, and you have to confess your sins, and you have to be absolved. And I was listening to Newsom's speech yesterday, what I could make out of it, you know, because it's filled with all that techno babble. But he was talking as if, you know, we angered Mother Nature, and we have to atone. And, and you know, we have to correct our sins and, and, and start using, well, you know, great. wind and solar and, and electric cars so we don't anger the gods anymore. I was really struck the, by the parallels of what I remember as a kid and what you're talking about here. Yeah, absolutely. It's, uh, you know, it's peculiar to the West. You know, I think that, you know, people, as they stopped believing in God, as they moved away from traditional Judeo-Christianity, they created a substitute religion. They needed something else to feel guilty about. And so people feel guilty about our relationship to Mother Nature, they're looking to repent, they're looking to make sacrifices. You know, it's interesting because it's it's common in the United States and in Europe, but it's actually not the case in Japan and South Korea. I just think it has a lot to do with 
making up a substitute kind of religion. Quickly, uh, because I got to do the news and I'm behind. Do you, do you see this changing anytime soon? Is there going to be some kind of shakeout because people are going to wake up and realize we're headed down a bad road here? Well, the crisis is going to get much worse, much, much worse before it gets better. It'll get much worse in Europe. It's going to last for years. This is not a temporary thing. It's going to be bad in the United States, too. I think we're going to see significant problems. Unemployment, we're going to see social unrest. We're going to see massive political change around the world. We're going to see hunger because of fertilizer shortages caused by the energy crisis. That's going to help in terms of snapping people out of this religious fervor that we've been in for the last three decades. But I don't think it's going to change the desire that people have to believe in a kind of new secular religion. That's that we're stuck with that, and I think we just we just need for reality to bite a bit harder. All right, I got to do the news. Thank you for coming on, Michael Schellenberger. It's great talking with you. Thanks, John. Lucky Land Casino asking people, "What's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky?" Lucky in line at the deli, I guess. Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.